the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Together for Good, brought to you by Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio. Together for Good exists to recognize and uplift the many people working together for the good of San Antonio and the surrounding communities. Now here's the host of Together for Good, Cody Knowlton. Well, greetings and welcome back, everybody, to Together for Good. This show is being brought to you by the Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio as a part of our mission to honor our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and our Baptist heritage by encouraging and funding health-related programs at area nonprofits and churches. Through Together for Good, we connect our audience to the great work these organizations do in our community. Well, here in South Texas, we're quite familiar with natural disasters and their aftermath. Hurricanes along the coast, flash floods in the hill country, wildfires, tornadoes, even freak ice storms. We get our fair share of disasters. Well, as the storm passes and after that storm passes, it can be hard to know how to start putting homes and even lives back together. The fallen trees that block roads and destroy homes, the standing water, the electrical outages, they all contribute to disaster survivors' sense of loss and hopelessness. There's a great need for someone from the outside the disaster zone to step in and lend a hand. One of our favorite organizations bringing that much-needed aid is Texas Baptist Men, or TBM. Here today to tell us more about the work of those folks in the bright yellow shirts is Mickey Lineman. Mickey's father, Joe Lineman, was a founding member of TBM, which actually started in 1967. Mickey started working with Texas Baptist men in 2006, but started volunteering with them in 1976. He actually became the executive director and CEO in 2016. So, Mickey, we're glad you're with us today. Welcome into our studios from Dallas. I think you uh, get the award for traveling the furthest out of all our guests that we've had on. So glad you're with us today. Thank you, Cody, for inviting me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Mickey, what are the most pressing concerns for people who have survived a recent disaster? Three most important things to people are food, water, and shelter. You also start thinking, what's the the situation in my home? Can I stay in my home? Is it damaged too much? Do I need to evacuate? Where do I need to evacuate? Uh, I've seen things on television. Am I eligible to go do that and to evacuate? But also, if I'm staying in my home, where do I find assistance? Somebody to come help me stay in my home. Uh, If I stay in my home, where do I go find water, food, and shelter? That's awesome. So TBM does a lot of different things. So can you give us a feel for the range of disaster relief services that you guys provide? In 1976, we started out with one-pot meals trying to help people. Now we're probably most known for feeding units. 
we can put all of our equipment together and cook 100,000 meals a day in Texas or the United States. Now, unfortunately, we can't do that overseas, but we've adapted a little bit to that. We also bring in shower units, portable shower units, one of which your foundation help us buy. Hmm. And that way, when you're working after a hard day, you're out in the sun, you need a place to come take a hot shower. And unfortunately, if your electricity goes off, so does your water go out. We have laundry units that'll pull up and portable laundry. People bring us bags of clothes. Some only have the clothes on their back, but some may have escaped with a suitcase full. But after two or three days, you need to wash that. Well, you don't have that available to you in your home. And so we have portable laundry units. We have volunteers that will take in your laundry that morning, wash it, and fold it, and give it back to you that afternoon clean. Probably our most prolific disaster relief is chainsaw units. We cut down the trees. Trees fall on houses. A lot of different things happen in that situation. A lot of people have chainsaws. I see a lot of people on television not using those chainsaws quite properly, (laughs) but everybody has chainsaws, and we uh, have a big response with chainsaws. We also have a group of people who love skid steers and heavy equipment. We don't really demolish houses, but a lot of times we have to move debris out of the streets and things like that. We also have chaplains. Most people think we only respond to natural disasters. We also respond to man-made disasters. Mm -hmm. Just like in the town of Uvalde and different places, school shootings, our chaplains go and show up and be the presence of Christ just by standing there or praying with somebody. Mm -hmm. After a flood, we have mud out where we'll come in and take care of your home and literally scrape the mud out of your house and cut the sheetrock and do molding, remediation. And then our people also now come back and help you rebuild that home. We felt bad about leaving the home torn apart, but we're not contractors, nor do we have the funds to rebuild 50 houses. But we can take the resources that you have and come back in and have you a one working sink and one working toilet. Y'all just do amazing work. That just captured everything that uh, I love about what you guys do. And you do it in the Lord's name. I mean, I think you said early on uh, when I got to know y'all that y'all were providing a, a cup of cold water in Christ's name. And you're doing that much more now than you ever did before. So, so grateful for what you guys do. Mickey, how do you evaluate current conditions and adjust those plans based on weather changes or kind of unexpected new information? Cody, it depends on what the situation is. Right now we have hurricane, hurricane season. Most of those hurricanes come off the east coast of Africa, the west coast of Africa, sorry, and then they come west towards us. They either go out in the Atlantic and burn themselves out, they come up towards Miami, or they come into the Gulf. And then it's kind of a ping pong, whether it goes to Mexico or it goes to Houston or New Orleans. But within a week of a hurricane actually hitting the United States, NOAA Weather Radio really knows where it's going and what they do. Flooding occurs. We know if it rains in the hill country, rains in Waco, that it's coming downstream. Mm. And so we start preparing assets. Tornadoes are a little different, Cody, because it's harder to predict. It might be bad weather, but we don't know what's going to happen. But we know within 12 hours, 24 hours, we can respond to most tornado situations. The devastating tornado in Parrington happened in the night, and we were there the next day feeding lunch. Mm. So we can go pretty soon. Ice storms the same way. We see it coming. We position our assets accordingly. Mm -hmm. Mickey, what strategies are y'all using to ensure that TBM reaches the folks most deeply impacted by a disaster? I mean, how do you prioritize where to send the teams and the trailers and all these chainsaw guys? 
since we were birthed in Texas, we go to Texas anywhere. It's not too small for us. Sometimes FEMA doesn't respond to smaller ones. Uh, we work with the Texas Emergency Management. Uh, here in Texas, it's kind of a smaller FEMA. They go out to a lot of uh, disasters, but we are there on the ground pretty soon. So we work with the Texas Emergency Management. They'll call us in to do feeding and set up uh, the Red Cross set up shelters, and then they ask us to do the feeding. We also work with local city officials. We go in and talk to the mayor, talk to the fire chief and the, the police chief, and say what areas have been hurt and hit the most. We talk to county judges. Your county judge is a very important person in your county. They make the actually disaster declaration that allows other groups to come in and recover funds on that. And we have our own assessors. Uh, who will go in to lower areas and different parts of town, if especially if it's a big disaster. The government can't just take care of everything, and they know what assets we knew and how to respond to that. Mm-hmm. My favorite part of what y'all do is the fact that you're a ministry. And so the work done you know, by TBM is offered as a form of ministry. So, so tell us, uh, Mickey, how y'all do that? How do you incorporate ministry into what you're doing? The only reason TBM was founded was to tell people about the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. We wanted to be more portable uh, than a church, but we work with churches and local associations and local areas that well. We base it off Cody the Great Commission. They said, uh, love your God and love your neighbor. And it doesn't say who our neighbor is, but we know that we're supposed to go. We bring help, hope, and healing. Help is we're there within 10, 12 hours to give you what we talked about, food and water, as that happens. So we bring help immediately. We bring hope because if you're sitting beside of your house and you don't know what's going on, you're wondering, where do I get the food, water, shelter? How do I get city services? How do I get relief and things like that? But also we bring in healing because our chaplains don't beat you over the head with the Bible, but they're there to work with you spiritually and see how we can help you. And a lot of people just come up to us and say, can you pray with us and things like that. Also, the healing is we stay until the need is gone. A lot of groups come in for one or two weeks early on, and that's great. We need everybody we can have, all hands on deck. But we're there to stay, especially in Texas, until the last person, last church, last pastor says, we're good. Hmm. And I heard recently how at least one chainsaw unit uh, you know, gives the owner of the home a Bible that is signed by all the chainsaw guys that were or, or women that were on the team that day. Exactly. That's just another way for us to witness because hmm. people always ask us how much it costs. And we said it doesn't cost anything, but we'd like to share with you. After Hurricane Harvey, there were some Muslim groups and some Jewish groups that we didn't want to offend. And so one Muslim home, we didn't want to offend them, so they took a card and signed that. And then the homeowner says, well, where's my Bible? Hmm. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Well, as storms are always a part of you know how we live here, talk a little bit about the strategies you all have uh, that you'd recommend to our listeners as they prepare you know, for a natural disaster, depending on kind of where they live. How can we prepare? You should be prepared. In Texas, we get hit with everything from the ice storms, the floodings, the tornadoes, the hurricanes. Let me tell you from uh, my years of experience doing disaster relief, if the situation gets bad enough and you are told by your local sheriff, your local judge, your local whatever it is that you need to evacuate, please evacuate. Hmm. Most people, a lot of us in Texas, like, whoa, I can ride this out. Or we go to Arkansas quite a bit, and they're very self-reliant. That's just great, uh, great attribute. Same thing in Louisiana. They're like, I've ridden some others out, but some of them are just bad. Hmm. In Galveston a couple years ago, one came ashore, and they're just like, we're closing the causeway. We're not coming to get you. Because that's another thing is don't make the first responders risk their lives coming to you because you should have evacuated in the first place anyway. 
if it's a small disaster, which is hard to say, but just every day if you live out where there are tornadoes, you should know that you should be prepared. You should have a supply of water, food, flashlights. You should have a battery-operated radio because your electricity goes out. There's no television. You say, well, I can use my phone. Well, after two or three days, your phone's going to die if you don't have an ability to do that. So go out and get some supplies. And the other thing, the last thing I'll say is get those supplies early. Uh, we had an ice storm in Dallas. We don't really get snow, but we get ice. Uh, sometimes you get it, but most of the time you don't. Hmm. And so last year I went out a week ahead, and I said, I'm going to prepare for this, get everything I need, and I did. But I said the day before it came, I want to go to the store and look. So if you go to the store and look, you see, guess what? They're out of supplies. That's right. You can't get everything you need. And so just nice to be prepared ahead of time. Mm-hmm. If you're just now joining us, uh, this is Together for Good, a radio show and podcast brought to you by Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio. I'm your host, Cody Knowlton, and today I'm talking with Mickey Lineman of Texas Baptist Men. Mickey's been telling us about uh, TBM and how they meet the needs of folks who have just survived a disaster. So let's keep our conversation going, Mickey. Of course, recent news, um, we've learned what's gone on over in Hawaii and specifically in Maui. Can you tell us about TBM's current support of uh, the people in Maui? I can. Uh, One of our staff members was vacationing in Oahu. Mm -hmm. And so fire happened that night. The next morning we called him and he was able to start pre-positioning some of the assets. Usually we go, but they have said don't go. And so now what we need to do is we need to work with local churches and then the Hawaiian Baptist Association over there, the convention, to start sending money because the whole island was not affected, Mm -hmm. just part of the island. So it's a lot cheaper and a lot better for the locals if we can buy food and get it to them that day rather than try to get supplies here in Texas and then try to ship them over there or something like that. That's the reason we can't collect supplies right now. Mm -hmm. But we can also take money. But eventually we will go. We will use our ash out unit, which is like wildfires, which we can help to sift out the ashes of someone's burned out home and look Mm -hmm. for a wedding ring. Look for uh, one man had a medal that he was looking for in Colorado, some things like that that we can help. But also we're going to go send people to rebuild as soon as we can. Right now they don't want anybody in that area because they're still trying to meet the needs of the locals. Mm -hmm. As soon as we can go, we will go. Yeah. So thankful y'all are making those kinds of efforts because your work is not in Texas. It's it's outside Texas and it's become outside of the United States uh, and certainly Hawaii is within the states, but it's a long way off. And I know y'all have done work in Ukraine and other places like that. So we may want to talk about that in just a minute. Well, you know, obvious question here is uh, your, your name is Texas Baptist Men, and I know y'all go by TBM. And, uh, you know, if you look at the photos of your teams, there's women uh, in these pictures. And so are women welcome to volunteer? And tell us about the involvement of women in your organization. Yes, the name Texas Baptist Men is confusing because we're not just in Texas and we're not just Baptist because we work with any Bible-believing church and we're not just men. Mm. When we started in 1967, since my father was a founding member, that meant my mother was going to go whenever my father went. And so, yes, we do want women. We have an organization we work with called WMU of Texas, Women's Missionary Union of Texas. And so we do a lot of things together. But interestingly, 43% of our 4,000 disaster relief volunteers are women. Hmm. Well, women play key positions. Uh, 40% of our staff is women. 
Uh, 40% of our volunteers are women. Some of them are higher percentage. We have a building group that goes, and it's men and women go together to build churches all over Texas. And then our board of directors also has women. So, yes, we want women to come participate with us. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I know your chainsaw crews seem to occupy a special place uh, in the volunteer options. You know, why is there so much chainsawing required? I mean, and, and again, the, the bigger question, what kind of training is involved to be on a crew? I mean, if I've operated a chainsaw in my front yard, it's for a tree that's, oh, I don't know, maybe in a foot or two. But you guys are taking out sometimes big, old, historic trees, so there's no task too uh, big. So talk about your chainsawing and how that works. Most places have trees, unless you're out in West Texas or the Panhandle, something like that. And the sad thing is big trees, small trees, they all fall down. They don't always just fall down in your yard. Sometimes they fall down in your house. Sometimes mm-hmm. they fall down in your car. Sometimes they fall down in the streets. And like I said earlier, people have chainsaws go out there. That's great. I just see a lot of particular accidents waiting to happen, which I hope they don't happen. But most people don't have a chainsaw. I don't have a chainsaw. I'd have to call somebody to come help me in my house. Mm. Uh, We have trained volunteers that do chainsaw, and they go through a lot of training to make sure we do it right and that we do it safe. Chainsaws are a great way for us to start a local ministry in your church and organization. We're trying to start with college kids, BSMs now, where we can give them training, and then they can go out and have a swift response Uh, in a situation. There's two ways to train with us. One is go on our website, tbmtx.org, and look, we have training sites already set up for the rest of this year. If it's a big group, if you have 15, 20, 25 people that want to be trained, uh, call us. We'll come out and set up a special training. Also, we have day volunteers. Just show up. If you have a you had a flooding in San Antonio and the trees were down. Show up where that is. Your church can show up. Individuals can show up. Different groups can show up. We call those day volunteers. Hmm. You come out. We'll give you a shirt. We'll give you the tools. Now, we're not giving you a chainsaw to cut down. <laughs> but here's the great thing of that. If I have two primary people cutting down trees, we have a lot of women on our chainsaw crews, and they have to. one has to cut it and one has to drag the branches. If you come out and volunteer until you're trained, then you can help us that day drag branches. You can help chip up the trees. You can do a lot of different things with that. Mm-hmm. And so we have 84 chainsaw crews that we know of, plus a lot of people out there in TBM Church just cutting things up. Yep. Well, that's a big need. Uh, Mickey, how does TBM differ from the Salvation Army uh, or the Red Cross? And I know you guys, the three of you really work together well, but uh, talk about the difference between your three organizations. We do work together well, and we've done that over the past 30 years. TBM is a truly faith-based organization. We only go out to have the ability to do some humanitarian efforts so that we can use that to talk to people about Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. The other two organizations, that's not their primarily goal. They primarily do humanitarian efforts. Red Cross does not do as much, but Salvation Army does a little bit of that. Uh, TBM's primarily, uh, we work with primarily volunteers. A lot of the other organizations you see are going, deploying, and that's the initial people that go out. Uh, they're paid volunteers. If you see somebody in a yellow shirt out there and you see me, I'm the only one that's getting paid. Mm. Everybody else has left their home, their nice, uh, comfy beds to come out and work in that area. TBM has four full-time employees, two men and two staff people, to run all of our 4,000 highly trained uh, volunteers. And mm-hmm. so we need volunteer leadership. So we actually empower them to go out where a lot other organizations don't empower them to do as much. We don't set up shelters. We know what we do well. Other people know what they do well. 
uh, Red Cross sets up shelters. Then we get a call from Red Cross saying, we need you to cook 5,000 meals a day. Mm-hmm. Salvation Army is really good about working with us on paying for those meals. Sometimes we have to pay. A lot of it depends on the situation. If it's a small town in West Texas, Red Cross, Salvation Army probably are not going to be able to resource to send out there. But TBM will go out there and minister to the people as they need. Like I said, they're both good organizations. Uh, we just do different things during disaster relief, and that's a good fit for us. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any stories you'd like to share about the impact of TBM's work? Last year in Jasper, Texas, nobody knows where Jasper, Texas is unless you go in towards Jasper, Texas. It's just above Beaumont, things like that. So mm-hmm. we were out there cutting down chainsaw, rolling in with our equipment. So if something happens, and there was a man standing there. He was a little dazed, a little confused. Uh, his home was damaged by the tornado, but that wasn't the first time it's been damaged because it's been damaged the last year by a tornado and the year before mm-hmm. by a hurricane. So he was standing in his driveway wondering what was going to happen when he saw our TBM vehicles pull up. And I wrote this down because the quote, I want to make sure I get it right. He says, God's vehicles. That's God coming right there. Mm. I see those vehicles. I see God coming to help us. Mm. He saw God through a TBM trailer that's going to feed him or provide showers or cut down trees in his yard. Mm. So if we can go be the hands and feet in the presence of Jesus Christ, then that's what we wanted to do, Cody. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we focused our conversation on TBM's disaster response teams, uh, but the organization does a broad range of other activities. Would you like to share more about those? I would like to share one thing. We started about eight years ago drilling water wells. We do small, shallow wells, 100 feet down, things like that, portable. Uh, But God is really involved and really expanded our ministry. Uh, The last two years, we've drilled water wells all the way from Papua New Guinea, which is almost to Australia, to South America and Peru, and also in Venezuela, places you can't get into, Mm. Central America, Honduras, Guatemala, Panama, mainly in Africa, though, quite a bit of needs. Two-thirds of the world's population does not have clean water. So Mm. we're sitting here every day not wondering where our clean water comes from. The organization came to us in January of this year and said, we have a a unique opportunity in Uganda. Uh, We're going to get out of the water wheel drilling business, which we've done for five years and very successful, but we want to get into the education part of it. But we're looking for somebody that we can, uh, who will acquire our organization with the 15 people already in place. And this is in Uganda, which is kind of Central Africa. And so we have decided that as TBM, we are acquiring this organization. We've already acquired that organization. We drilled 22 wells this year, but we're going to be able to drill another 55 wells uh, in Uganda. Mm. So for the next two years, we're going to really focus our efforts in Uganda and Peru and see if we can't get this strategy where we can multiply this almost like a franchise in other places like that. We think our goal is 200 water wells next year, but it's not just a water well. We started a Bible study. We started church. Uh, it's a community effort that we're going into. Uh, we also think we can bring in food resources from other organizations and then even electricity and power, which will really shed the light, both literally and physically, spiritually, the light to a dark continent. Wow, that is just amazing. That is just amazing. Did you ever foresee that TBM would have this international impact? I did not. We started 30 years ago in Turkey with an earthquake. When 2010, we went to Haiti and just mm. God has blessed us. And we truly don't forget Texas, our roots in the United mm. States, but also God is opening the doors to us internationally. Yeah. Yeah. Mickey, how can the community, uh, our listeners, you know, get involved and support what you guys are doing? 
three basic ways to do that. First of all, is pray for us. Okay. Whenever you hear of a situation, either man-made or natural in Texas, we're going. There's no mm-hmm. doubt. United States, we're probably going to go like we're going to the hurricane that's going to hit Florida. Mm-hmm. We're already planning and doing that. We've been to Turkey this year, Syria this year, and Maui and places like that. So if you hear of a disaster, especially in Texas, please pray for our men and women out there. We're also a volunteer organization, Cody. We need volunteers. We need your church. We need your BSM. Come by yourself, whatever it is. Go on our website and look. We have trainings all over Texas, and we need volunteers. You can look at our website, tbmtx.org, and see when a training site is. Or, like I said, you can just show up. So show up. You'll get a little training, whatever that is, mudding out a house or collecting trash or anything you can help support our our local people doing that volunteers we can do that and then you can do it financially as well Uh, we don't charge any money to anyone for any of our ministries people always say chainsaw when as soon as we come up they say can we chainsaw the trees in your home and they say how much Mm -hmm. and i always ask why do you ask because i know the the answer to that question is it's going to be four thousand it's going to be five thousand it's going to be ten thousand dollars and they're very skeptical when we say it's for free (laughs) and so our guys always says well we'll make a promise to you we'll see when it's through and then see if you get a bill and when you don't get a bill and you're just so emotional at that time what's going on we don't take any government funds sometimes religious organizations like ours they put uh, sticky things on that and they put uh, requirements that not that we don't want to meet them but we want to be mobile agile and be able to meet the needs of our people wherever Mm -hmm. they are our budget this year is $7.2 million. God wow. is growing our budget. We don't spend more than anything that God gives. But we see what, what we're doing with the resources, and people know if they give the money to us, it goes to the resources and things like that. 65% of our budget comes from churches, local churches, and they're not all Baptist churches. They're mm. different faith-believing churches that want to give to us. About 28% of our money comes from churches. Then about 7% come from foundations such as yours and then other miscellaneous group. Mm -hmm. Most people think you have to have a million dollars to give. Our average gift is about $100. And $100 goes a long way to helping a person in disaster. Mm Well, Mickey, thank you for what you guys do. We're grateful for uh, the commitment and the sacrifice that you guys exhibit on a, on a daily basis. Let me offer a word of prayer before we depart today. We're grateful you were with us. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for Texas Baptist men. And um, we're just continuing to lift them up as uh, disasters loom on all fronts. And we just pray for them as they are deployed. Uh, pray for Mickey and his leadership and uh, everybody associated with this fine cause. We love you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Mickey, thanks for joining us uh, today. And listeners, we're grateful that you joined us as well. You can always catch our episodes anywhere you get your podcast or by visiting Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio's website, bhfsa.org forward slash together for good. We'll be back next week with another great conversation about health matters and the work of our nonprofits. Take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in today for Together for Good. We hope you've been encouraged, uplifted, and inspired. Until our next time together, may the Lord bless and keep you. And in all things, to God be the glory. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.